This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 12, if you would please. Exodus, the 12th chapter. I want to talk to you about your day of deliverance. Glory to God. Your day of deliverance or the day of deliverance. And we're going to use Israel as an example of this. Praise God. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So everything we see him doing in the Old Testament, all that we see in the New Testament, Jesus is still doing those same things. Aren't you glad for that? Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. I'm going to receive today. Yeah, there's something God has for you, and he wants you to get it. Glory to God. He wants you to receive it. Glory. So that it can be manifested within your life so that your life can be blessed. Um, I've titled this Your Day of Deliverance. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, there's nothing more really liberating, uh, nothing that brings such a release into our lives than to be set free from something that we have been uh, in bondage to. You know when you make that last payment? Huh? How many of you know what I'm talking That feels real good, don't it? Amen? And so to experience the freedom and joy of being released, not only from things like that, but even suffering. You know, you may have been in a painful situation or something of that nature, and the weight and the encumbrance that goes along with that and feeling enslaved, to be, to be set totally free. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And I'm telling you what, Jesus did just that for each and every one of us. And so it might be financial burdens. I mentioned that, you know, earlier. Could be a caustic relationship. How many of you know anything about those? It's like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Things like that to get delivered from. Maybe a bad job. Any of you ever had a bad job? Maybe you got a bad job right now. I don't know. You know, some jobs, they're just, bad goes with them. And you just got to work through those kinds of things where your life is concerned. But it's also true spiritually, you know, about being in bondage to sin. I don't know about you, but I thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ in his blood cleansed me from all unrighteousness, set me free, made me his child, and called me into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. And so it's such a privilege to know that. But we're going to look briefly at Israel and their experience and then how it relates to us under the new covenant as children of God and what we can learn. The Bible tells us these things were written for our, the Bible uses the term admonition. You know, when you exhort someone, you call them near. In other words, you, you, you endeavor to draw them. When you admonish someone, you warn them. You understand the difference? People say, well, I don't like that warning stuff. Well, that's part of it. So these things have been written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come, and they serve as examples for us in our lifetime. Guess what? We can learn something for what happened to other people. And so that's why we have, and everybody, you know, can say, thank God for the Word, because the Word of God is what gives us these examples in the Scriptures. Note with me, if you will, in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. They were in Egypt. In other words, they were in the land of bondage. They'd been there for 430 years. You know, that could get to be a drag. They were slaves to the Egyptians. And so they had no, they had no uh, heritage. They had no, nothing to look forward to. They had no hope. They were just in the middle. And that's what the world does. That's what sin does. It doesn't give you any hope. It doesn't give you any opportunity. It doesn't give you any life, joy, peace, happiness. None of those things are associated with sin. That's why today you and I can rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, we can rejoice that he purchased us with his own blood so that we could walk in the light and enjoy the blessing of heaven that comes from knowing him. But notice again, it says here, they were in Egypt in the land of Egypt, verse 2. And, the, and God said to these two men, this month, everybody say this month. this month. Yeah, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Hallelujah. And it shall be the first month of the year to you. Notice verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. 
and you shall keep it, uh, <clears throat> you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generation. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. So there's a couple things here that we can see. God talks about the fact this is going to be a new beginning. We're going to start all over. We're going to take the erase, eraser and we're going to take the board and we're just going to clean it off and start a new beginning. Everybody say, thank God for a new beginning. Amen. You know, you can have a new beginning right where you are right now, right here today. You know, whatever it is that maybe is, has gone on in your life is, is not something that you want to continue being a participant in it. I'm telling you, today is the day. We just got done singing about God being a, a God of miraculous or, the, or, or doing miracles. You need a miracle, he's got one for you. Let's get in a position to be able to receive from him today. Let's not let another moment go by. Let's make a decision here. Let's find out what it is that needs to be done, the change that needs to be made, and let's do it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> On this day, God approaches these two men, and he had a plan and a day of deliverance that had arrived for them. And, and you have to understand all, you know, <laughs> Um, God always has a plan. Huh? He said, I know the plans I have for you. He's always, you know, moving and shaking and, and baking and, and doing a thing. And so these uh, people had been in this bondage for all of this time. And on a given day, he approaches these men and he said, hey, this is going to be a new beginning right here, right now. We're changing the calendar for you. And from this day forward, things are going to happen where your lives are concerned. So he, he'd been planning all of this, and the day had arrived. He chose to mark this day. You know, and that's significant. You know, <clears throat> the day of their deliverance was something for them to observe annually. We call it Passover. So, so it was a day when they were delivered from the, the bondage of Egypt, but it was also, you know, moved on throughout the years to talk about them being reminded of the sin and the bondage that they once were in, and they would come for cleansing and come for forgiveness so that they could carry on. Are you listening to me? Not only that, God has had a plan for you. And there was a day, if you're a child of God and a believer here today, that you chose to become a follower of him. That was a great day. Can, can you not say that was a great day? Amen. You don't act very excited. Let me ask you that one more time. Was that not a great day? Yes. Come on, that was a great day. It was the greatest day in your life when you met him. And he chose you, and he cleansed you from all unrighteousness, and the consciousness of sin disappeared. That's a great day. I think sometimes we forget how just really great it is. But not only did he have that plan for you, but he chose to mark that day with an observance we call communion. He said, as often as you eat this bread, and as often as you drink this cup, you show the Lord's what? Death until he comes again. So every time that we come to this table this morning that we're coming to, it's marked a day in our life when Jesus gave his life so that you could live. And we ought to thank God with, with some excitement for what, you know, sometimes the things of this world, they, they so crowd into our lives that we forget about what it is he's done. It's not, it's not something, you know, that, that we, we don't appreciate necessarily, but, but there isn't really that, that consciousness that Jesus Christ died so that you could live and be free from the bondage of sin and death, the devil, and everything else that he has planned. Are you listening to me? So we ought to rejoice. And this is a moment for you and I as a memorial or a reminder to say, God, I thank you so much 
that my name is written in your book and that heaven's going to be my home. It's too easy to take these things for granted sometimes. But when we surrender our lives to Christ, it brings about a new beginning. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new what? Creation, Creation or creature. Old things have passed away. Now, you know old things can't pass away without the blood. Old things in your life, your nature of sin, cannot be changed without the blood. It cannot be changed without what Jesus did. So we were powerless to help ourselves. I mean, I don't care how good you thought you were, it is not good enough. But thank God Jesus came, paid the price, you know, uh, experienced, endured the penalty, went to hell in our place so that we could be here today rejoicing. Amen? So it brings about a new beginning. You know, and, and I don't think sometimes people, they, 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 they miss this point. You need to get a revelation of the fact that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. I'm a new creation. And old things, the old man, the old life, it has what? Passed away. And all things are become new. Now, the devil would like to make you think that nothing's changed, but I'm telling you what, praise God, when God does something from the inside out, that's a change. Woo! Glory to God. Because you become a child of his. And so powerful is this defining moment when God comes by your invitation. You asked him. He said, okay, here I come. And when he comes, so powerful it is, a defining moment, it changes everything. And why is that? Because you're forgiven. And not only that, he said, I'll come and I'll make my home in you. So thank God you and I have become the temples of the Holy Ghost. He indwells us. His presence is in us to lead us, to guide us, to bring things to our remembrance, to teach us, to show us the way that we need to go. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Yeah, he's come to help us, to strengthen us, to comfort us, to be there when we need him. He stands by ready. Woo! I'm doing better preaching, you're doing amen, but that's okay. We'll just keep it going and see how we do. You know, it's powerful. But again, you know, people, they always ask the question, well, why are, you know, so why are people having, why am I having such a difficult time in my life today? Well, maybe you just haven't come to know the reality of what I'm talking about. You're a new creation in him. Old things have passed away. You need to let yourself and the devil and anybody else who wants to know, hey, man, I'm a new creation. Huh? Sometimes your flesh needs to be told. Sometimes it's because, you know, why people have uh, the problem is a lack of knowledge. There are people that don't know the truth. Jesus said, you'd know the truth, the truth would make you free. Another reason is, is people make bad decisions. I'm talking about Christians. Dude, you can't do stupid and get blessed. You got to do right. I didn't make the rules, but that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, and letting your flesh dominate you, don't let that happen. Praise God, put your flesh where it belongs. Are you listening to me? Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. And here's the thing you need to understand. You know, when you get born again, God has an expectation for you to change, to follow the leading of the Spirit of God that is on the inside of you, because he will take you out of defeat and put you in victory if you'll obey him. You know, I mean, you know, if you think about a street fighter or something, you know, when you grow up on the street, that's all you know. I mean, you know, we see some of the things that are going on in the world. A lot of these people, that's all they know. That's the only way they know to live. Well, listen, when Jesus comes into your life and you make him the Lord of your life, he says, we ain't living this way no more. We found a new way of living. Hallelujah. And this is the life that I have for you. And, and here's the thing. You know, when you've grown up in this environment, it's, it, it takes a while to get some things turned around. 
It might be that you were in a broken home. It takes some, it takes some things to get that turned around. It might be, you know, we're in an abusive kind of situation. Well, it takes some time to get those things turned around. But thank God, through the washing of the water of the word of God, your life can be changed. Glory to God. And God can move supernaturally to bring you into the plan and the purpose that he had for you all the time. Hallelujah. You know, you take the nation of Israel. They were there for 400 years. You know, you learn some things in 400 years, and some of them aren't very good. They murmured. They complained. They were always griping about this, that, and nothing was ever good enough. They were always, you know, whatever it is that they were. A lot of times, Christians are the same way, and then they can't figure out how come they don't get blessed. Dude, you've got to change the way that you think, and the way that you think is in line with the Bible. Everybody say, thank God for the Bible. But you know, here's the thing. God took these people out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of them. Well, now that's not the way for you, dear friend, because someone else has taken up residence on the inside of you, so you are without excuse. Look, come on, let's get after it. and Let's start doing what needs to be done. Are you with me? You know, he wanted to bless them. God's plan is to bless everybody, sinner and saint. That's why he sent Jesus, so that people wouldn't be lost, wouldn't wind up in hell. But you know, you've got to call on the name of the Lord. You've got to, I guess you could say, want it. Huh? And a lot of times people don't because of their nature of sin, and they fight against all these things. They know if they listen to their heart, they know. They know. You knew. I knew, but until you surrender, till you give your heart to him, and he knows when you do and when you don't. You know, hey, Lord, can we cut a deal here? Uh-uh. Can, can, can we, like, maybe piecemeal? No. No, it's either all or nothing at all. It'll be the best decision you ever made. Amen? You know, Israel was given a brand new start, a new beginning, but they had to obey God's command in order to possess this land of promise. And unfortunately, they didn't make it. They tempted God 10 different times, and he would forgive them, you know, and, and, and I mean, 10 times. Think about that. You say, how often shall I forgive my spouse? Six, three, two. Jesus said, quit counting, huh? But on the other hand, 10 different things that happened within the experience of these people, and finally God said, I'm done. And then when, when the pronouncement of judgment came, then all of a sudden, oh, they're all hopped up and ready to go. Listen, dude, it's too late. Don't let it be too late in your life. Come on, get after it now. Don't wait until the judgment comes. Do it now so that the blessing of God can flow into your life. Are you listening to me? And they missed out. He said, you'll wander around for 40 years and you'll die. And there's only two in this entire generation that's going in, Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because they believed. Amen? Well, let's not let that be said of us. Amen. Praise God. They picked up some bad habits in Egypt. And so have we. You know, if you come out of the world and been born again, then the Bible tells us that we're supposed to, you know, get things turned around here. And so that is why, listen to me, it is essential and it is imperative that you, child of God, learn to change the way you think. And you can do that. God doesn't want you living like the world. He doesn't want you thinking like the world. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and 1, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now notice this, and be not conformed to this world. You're not of this world anymore. Huh? It goes on, and, and the way the transformation takes place is by you changing the way that you think. Renewing your mind so that you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Everybody say, I can do that. 
Oh, you can do that. Glory to God, you can do that. You know, hallelujah. Thank God you can do that. I was never so glad to, to finally figure out I don't have to think like the devil, that I don't have to live like the world. I don't have to do things the way they do it. But I can take the book, the word of the living God, the promises that are therein, the instruction manual for life, and embrace it. Now, your flesh may not like that from time to time, but I'll tell you this much about it. Praise God. Don't let that bother you one iota. Just keep doing what it is that God said do. Can you say amen? Amen. Here's the thing, you know, there's associations and environments that all of us have either been around or grown up in and different things of that nature, you know, and, 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 and they have impacted our life. But I'm telling you, the living word of God has the power to transform, to change, to bring you out, to deliver you, to set you free so that you, praise God, don't even know who that person is. People often, you know, in my life, you know, they'll say, well, I remember how you were. Well, in my mind, that guy died. I went to one of my class reunions, and one of the girls in the class gave me a, uh, well, I don't know if she gave me anything. She said, I want to just give a trophy to Kalstrup because he's the least likely person to ever end up becoming a preacher. And she would have been right. But thank God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Are you listening? Because why? Because she knew me before. But that guy died. And he ended up in a grave. And thank God I was raised to walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. The life that only Jesus can give a person. So thank God we got everything that we need. You have everything that you need to be able to live a life that is pleasing and honorable unto him. How many of you, you probably have this uh, progressive commercial? You got this guy and there are these classes that people are taking so they won't be like their parents? Huh? You, You know that one? And I mean, it's, it's really uncanny some of the stuff that they bring out in these commercials that they, it really is, you know, oh my God, I've become my parent, you know? Why is that? Because where you grew up. You know, you watch them. You've seen their habits. You listen to them. You know, they had influences on your life about this, that, and the other, and you pick, you pick it up, not consciously, not, not even wanting it, you know? I mean, and, and, and yet right on the other hand, it shows up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, the same thing's true spiritually. You know, there's stuff we pick up religiously. You know, we maybe grew up in some religious dead church, and they have all these formulas and all this form, you know, form without power. Did you hear me? They got, you know, you jump through all these hoops and you're good. You're not good. You're lost and undone without God in the world, alienated from the life of God. There's only one way into the kingdom of God, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ, and it only happens when you surrender your heart, your mind, and your soul, everything to him. Now, if you're arrogant and proud, that's a hard pill to swallow, and some folk won't do it, and they wind up in hell because he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of Lords. And he is coming again to exercise his righteous judgment upon this earth. Now, that's just the way it is. And so you have to, I mean, I guess the only thing I can say is you've got to deal with it. Look with me if you would in Colossians. Let's go to the New Testament. How many are glad you came today? Look at this, Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say, today's my day. Yeah, this is your day. When I get done, glory to God, I'm telling you what, (laughs) the Holy Ghost is going to help you. Huh? He's going to help you. Hallelujah. Notice here with me, let me make this statement first of all, and then then we'll read this verse, uh, Colossians in chapter 1. But, you know, as a child of God, as children of God, you and I, We've been delivered from the bondage of sin and the authority of darkness, and we've been translated or relocated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Man, I'm telling you what, we've moved. Hallelujah, where the sun shines and it's warm all the time. Hallelujah. His kingdom 
all of which has been made possible by Jesus. And notice this verse of Scripture here in Colossians 1 and verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father. Hallelujah. Notice this, which has made us or qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Everybody say, thank God. I'm telling you what it is. He did something incredible. Notice it goes on then to say, who has delivered us from the power or authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Now drop down to the 22nd verse. Well, verse 21 actually. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now is he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Paul in in, uh, Romans chapter eight said, who is he that condemneth? Huh? It is God that justifies. That verse of scripture right there tells you that it was God himself that made you who you are and the devil can do nothing about it. He has had his authority stripped where your life is concerned. And Jesus has raised you up out of that mess so that thank God you can live victoriously in his name. Hallelujah. He did that. But before, the Bible says that we were just a mess, some of us more so than others. But thank God he delivered us and set us free. He became our Passover lamb that was crucified for us so that we could escape the slavery of sin. Communion reminds us, it's a memorial of what took place, the freedom that you now enjoy. And listen to me, you may be having a challenge in your life right now, but I'm telling you what, it can be different in a moment. And that moment is when you decide on the inside of you, we're done with this. No longer are we going to put up with or allow something to continue to exist within our lives. It is an act of your will, but it's also a part of your innermost being that makes these decisions and say, no more strife, no more fighting, no more of this, no more of that, no more of any of this nonsense, no more living in the world, no more acting like the devil, no more going to the places where I don't belong, no more. You make that decision. You make the choice. No more conversation like this. No more evil or corrupt communication out of my mouth. You put the stop to it. Nobody else does. I said nobody else does. You do. And thank God you can. Everybody say, yes, I can. You sure can. Hallelujah. That was a kind of a weak yes, I can. Can I get another one? Yes, you can. You say, well, how come I had such a hard time saying that? Because you've been living in this junk for so long. It's just like the nation of Israel, dude. Again, they, you know, God got them out, but he couldn't get Israel or Egypt out of them. And the same thing's true with you, man. You've been living in this yuck for so long. Dear God, come on. It's time to rise up. It's time to take your place. It's time to declare what it is God says about you and stop yielding to the thing that is bringing you into bondage and causing problems in your life. You don't have to fight. I said, you don't have to fight. Well, you know, I ain't letting nobody have me as a rug, blah, 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 blah. Is that the way Jesus asked us to live? No. So you're going to do it his way or you're going to do it your way? You want to keep living in hell? You want to keep having all the funky conversations that you're having? Or you want to do something about it? And there's nobody, the decision is yours. Well, you know, I, I wish God would blah, 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 blah. Forget about that. He's already done everything he needs to do. He's waiting on you to decide. There's a scripture. Uh, this is off script here. But look at this scripture in Job uh, 28. I just happened to hear this this morning. In Job, let's see. I've got to find this. Um, 22, I think it is. Let's see. Uh, 
Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Got to go fast back there. Um, ah, here we go. Look at this verse of scripture here. Has anybody got an Amplified Bible? Uh, maybe, um, maybe uh, Julia. We'll do the uh, the King James first, and then we'll look at it from the uh, Amplified. Yeah, hallelujah. Look at this. Woo! I'm, 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 I'm excited. Thank you, Lord. Woo! I mean, just, just thinking about reading it turns me on. Look at this. Verse 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, and the light shall shine upon your ways. Thou shalt what? Decree, declare yes. a word, yes. and it shall be established in your life. When you say, devil, we're done. Yeah. This is done. We are over. There will not be any more of this. Use your will. We're not going to get in fights. We're not going to, you know... Lob bombs back and forth with one and no, that's all done. We're going to live for him. We're going to honor him. We're going to celebrate Christ. Well, the King James says it this way. You shall also decide and decree. Hmm. Everybody say decide. decide. Do what? Decide. You're going to what? Decide. You're going to decide. You're going to decide. Well, you know, but pastor, I'm so weak. Shut up. You're not weak. You just think you are. The Bible says greater is he that is what? In you than he that is in this world. Let the weak say I am what? Strong. Strong. Well, I just took that excuse from you. I'm sure you're happy about it. You know. No, it says this. You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor whoo, shall shine upon your way. Come on. Huh? I've placed before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you, <coughs> excuse me, and your seed can live. How many of you want to live? How many want your seed to live? Go, glory to God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's put it up in great big neon sign lights. It says, we follow Jesus. We're following God. We're doing the will of God. We're obeying God. Woo, glory to God. You know, and, and, and the thing about it is, is, you know, a lot of times they'll look at their, people look at their lives, you know, and it isn't, you know, what maybe we're talking about or preaching here, and, and they can't figure it out. Well, go look in the mirror. Ouch. But that's what has to happen, man. I mean, you know, here's the deal. You, 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 you decide. Nobody else decides for you. You decide. Well, no, man. I mean, I'm telling you, my husband, he's this, or my wife's that, or my mother, or my whatever, whatever. Dude, stop using these things as excuses for your own failure. Now, I know that's, that's, that's tough, but you know what? I'm a pastor. I'm for you. My wife and I want you to win. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Okay, I'm not going to placate and just, you know, pussyfoot around about, well, you know, I know you got it so terrible and all this. We, 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 we all have had it terrible, but we made decisions that, that set a course for our lives. And that's what I want you to do. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. How many of you are so glad you came today? All right. So, so notice here, where are we at? We went to Job, didn't we? Hallelujah. Go back to Colossians. Go back to Colossians there. Thou shalt decree and decide a thing, and it shall be established unto you. Glory to God. Amen. Can I do that? Yes, you can. Hallelujah. You can make some decisions about this, that, or the other. Amen. The decision's yours. Um, Now, we were in Colossians, and we read that, didn't we? 
Okay, all right, <clears throat> good. Now, since you found that again, turn back over to Exodus chapter 12, sorry. <laughs> Exodus chapter 12. <clears throat> we're gonna be uh, receiving communion this morning. And this communion table that we're about to participate uh, in and, and, and partake from represents what I'm talking to you about today. And I'm telling you, my friends, you know, I mean, more so than anything, there is an internal decision or, or choice that we make. And we bring that decision and that choice before God and we, we lay it, as it were, on an altar and say, God, this is what I want. Help me. So it's your choice and your surrender so that he can help you because we've already realized it's not working so good for you on your own. Is that, is that fair? So that's the, that's the heart part of the decision that really all of us want to make and that we want to get things turned around where our lives are concerned. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you, there's something going to happen here in a lot of people's lives. You won't see it naturally. But I'm telling you, it will manifest itself in their lives in the future, moving forward, because of today and what it is that's going to take place for each and every one of them. Notice here in the text that we took in Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, um, he goes on to explain some things to them about how this needs to start. He says, speak to the congregation of Israel and say in the 10th day of this month, they're to take uh, to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for every house. And if the household's too small for the lamb, then let, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the uh, number of the souls, every man according to his eating shall, shall uh, your count, uh, or make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it out from the sheep and from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And then it says, and they shall eat it in that night, roasted with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat it not raw or, or, uh, nor sodden uh, at all with water, but roast it with fire, his head and all the legs and the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of the remains, uh, let nothing of it remain until morning, and that, uh, and that which remains of it in the morning shall you burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it, now notice this, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, or deliverance. And then he goes on, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, will smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment, for I am the Lord." And the blood shall be unto you for a token. And when, you sh when I shall see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague will not come upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of the Egyptians. And again, this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you will keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generation. You shall keep it a feast by this ordinance forever. Did you know that <laughs> there is a judgment that is coming where there is no application of the blood? For all of the things that we see going on in the world and how upset and angry we can become because of our disapproval and all of that, please know that there is a God in heaven that watches everything that is going on in the world in which you live. Are you listening to me? And there is a day coming for all of them, those that are corrupt, those that are untruthful, those that are full of greed, those everything. There is coming a day when they are going to pay and judgment will come. Just like in this, he said, this is the day on the 14th day you'll partake and, and the blood of Jesus will keep you 
sustain you, I will pass over. But there's people in this world that don't have the blood. There's people in this world that have been deceived by the God of this world, that are living for themselves, doing their own thing, insubordinate to the laws of God. And dear friend, I'm telling you, there is judgment coming. We don't like to talk about it, but it is a fact. It is on its way. As a matter of fact, it's already being executed. People, when they live ungodly lives, and they do corrupt things, and they live like the devil, it's costs them. And not only just the physicality of their lives and their well-being, but they wind up in hell. Think about Saddam Hussein. You know, he had those two boys. They're in hell right now. Are you listening to me? Oh, yeah, they had their day, and they did whatever it is they wanted. But I'm telling you what, judgment came, and they're gone. He's gone. They're, I mean, you know, it's no more. So it's no different for all this stuff that you guys, listen, I know that this might be a hard one for you to think about, but you need to pray for them, not talk about them. We already know that they're corrupt. Are you listening to me? Woo! How many are still glad you came? How many aren't sure? How many you don't want to answer? Huh? I know these are things. But you know, man, praise God, we got it. You know, we need to see things the way they are. Do we not? I said, don't we need to see things the way that they really are? Hallelujah. You know, people say, well, I thought you had a good message, you know. And a, well, I do. It's a good message. Just be on the right side of it, and you won't have any problems at all. Let this day be a new beginning for you, a defining day of deliverance for you if you need it. If you don't, just then praise God for what it is you've done in my life. Maybe you've been, here, here we go, you ready? Maybe you've been dancing around some decisions. Huh? Dancing around the need for salvation. At, at, let me ask you, at what point are you going to be all in? I understand the dance. I did the dance. You know, I was 19 years old dancing. Why? Because I knew I needed to make a decision, but I didn't want to because I thought that if I did that, then my life would just be ruined by Jesus. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's the greatest thing, the greatest decision, the greatest choice that I ever made in my life. So when you, when you decide you don't care what the world thinks, that you don't care what your friends are going to say, when you don't care about all the stuff that the devil tries to use to keep you from coming to Christ, that, my friend, is a beautiful day. And it, it starts a new day. So if you're here today and you don't know him, you're not following him, you need to make a decision. This is your opportunity. Well, I'm going to do that later. Uh-uh. No, do it right now. Make a decision to be a follower of him. And if you're, I don't know, people use different uh, definitions to all of this, but if you're, sometimes we refer to backslidden or out of fellowship with God or really not living for God. Maybe that's, that's a better way to describe it. Turn it around. Please, dear friend, get back in the boat don't let harboring unforgiveness or, you know, some offense or whatever it is. You know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. But, but there doesn't have to be another day go by. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. You know, I, I bring this up, you know, to, to speak about this, but... You know, it might be a family deal. might be a relational thing. You just have to decide, we're not having any more strife. I'm not going to be part of that whole dynamic. I'm not going to participate in those things. You know? So, if you've struggled with bad behavior, 
If you struggle with, with bad attitudes, you know, uh, I use this scripture, when, or not scripture, but this, this statement Wednesday night, your attitude determines the altitude at which you soar in life. Maybe it's an attitude you need to repent of. Well, it's not my problem. Really? Really? I mean, that in and of itself is revealing as to the need that you have in your life. You know, my wife, and she loves to fly with me most of the time. She's got this little smile on her face. And we ended up in a different aircraft, which, thank God, we can get higher. Everybody say hallelujah. You say, well, I want to go higher. I'm already freaked out, you know, just getting out of the, up in the air. Higher is better. Altitude is your friend. Huh? You say, well, why is that? Because it takes longer to get to the ground if something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, amen. But the reality is, this is the reality about it. I remember one time we went, we went to a, a family wedding, and it was up in, uh, Storm, no, it was up in uh, uh, Okaboji. And our daughter Amy was with us. She was in the back seat. And um, um, <clears throat> right below the clouds, typically, especially on a warm summer day, there's a lot of turbulence. And so that's where we were. And when, when we got to the airport and we opened the door, my daughter got out of the plane and fell on the ground and laid there lifeless for quite a long time <laughs> because of all the bumps and the whatever. So I said, baby, all right, we're going to do this different. And we came home above the clouds. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because the air is smooth, it's clean, and you don't have all of those kinds of things. The same thing's true in your Christian life, man. Dude, get up out of the smog and the fog and get up on the top side and start living the way that God wants you to so that it can be smooth. It makes for a pretty enjoyable ride, and you can go faster. Everybody say fast is good. Yeah, the higher you get, the thinner the air, the more she goes, baby. Hallelujah. So now, you know, we, get, we even have oxygen in this thing, so we can really get up to, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15,000, 16,000 feet. Woo! <laughs> Rarefied atmosphere. There aren't that many people up there either. It's really nice. Why are you listening to me? Well, the same thing can be true for your Christian life. Amen. And then that way we're not, you know, in this dog-eat-dog fighting all the time kind of business, praise God. We're at a place where we need to be. How many of you are so glad you came? All right, let me, let me close with this. And, and I, I use that example about attitude. Dude, don't let the devil jack with your attitude. Say, no, but no, uh-uh, passez-vous. This is not me. I'm not getting in this. See, here's the thing. God said this to Israel in Deuteronomy 28. He says, because you serve not the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, for the abundance of all things that I've given to you. Therefore shall you serve your enemies, which the Lord shall send against you, hunger and in thirst and nakedness and in want. Huh? That is not what we want. Huh? I said that's not what we want. Paul echoed the same thing. He was talking about Israel when they came out of bondage. Neither murmur. No more murmuring. No more grumbling. No more criticizing. Come on. Who, 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 who chooses that? You do. We do. I do. Huh? Well, the Bible says they got to murmuring and God sent a bunch of snakes in there and a lot of them died. No, there's a whole, a whole bunch more to live for than just that, praise God. <clears throat> and, and even today, listen, we're going to receive communion. Maybe you've had some challenges in your health and you need a touch from heaven. Dude, you can get healed right where you're sitting. Yes, you can. Let me give you a couple uh, uh, testimonies here, and then we'll, we'll pray. God can show up anywhere, anytime. Moses out minding his own business, and a bush started burning and was not consumed. That was a defining day for that man. Isn't that right? I was up on a roof of a house painting at one time, and the Spirit of God came up on this ladder and started dealing with me about the ministry and the calling that was on my life. And I decided I knew that there shouldn't be two people on a ladder, so I got off. Guess what? He followed me down. And I went out into the driveway, leaning up against my wife's Ford Maverick. Hallelujah. And 
there I made an altar because God said, I didn't call you to paint houses. I called you to preach my word. And I consecrated myself in that driveway that I would obey him and do what it is that he wanted to do in the summer of 1978. That's some time ago. But you know, a lot has happened since then. Can you say amen? There was a man in our church in 1981 who had been in a car accident. And that accident had left his back in some pretty bad uh, uh, condition. And we had a, a, a healing line. This was over when we were in the uh, uh, youth room. And John, Teresa, you would know all about this. Power of God came on this guy. Boom! And all of a sudden, he was healed by the power of God. And I mean, it changed his life forever. He went back to work. He was doing all these different kinds of things. It was wonderful. It was good. Can that happen to you? Yes, it can. This is the day the Lord's made for us to rejoice. Amen? There was a gal here, Kathy Dalton. She can tell you. I remember not long ago, she came up to me and said, I just want you to know I'm cancer-free. Hallelujah. Isn't that a rejoicing? Amen. You know? There was another guy, his name was Gordon Axtell. He came up in a prayer line one time. And you know, he had hurt his back, he was an older gentleman, you know. And he came up for prayer and he was probably one of the most, I don't know, humble type people that you maybe had ever known. And he was just, you know, standing there very prayerfully and we laid hands on him and all of a sudden, bam! Something, you know, just popped. And, and he was like this. <laughs> you should have been there, it was awesome. He was like this and he goes, did you hear that? And I said, I sure did. And I mean, it was, I mean, he heard it, I heard it, everybody. Boom! And he was healed by the power of God. Well, you can be healed. You can receive what it is that God has for you. Hallelujah. You know, I have all kinds of examples here. George Howard here today speaks of an angelic visit on an icy road where an angel actually put the car back on the road for him. Hallelujah. And if you've ever rode with George, you're glad because somebody else needs to be driving. Anyway, <clears throat> and, 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 and some of you know and don't know Chris Campbell, but he... You know, he loved God, served God. We got saved together, but he got out of fellowship with God and was living like the devil, driving down the road in a van, and God got in that van. Got in that van, my friends, and he had to pull over because he was so undone by the presence of God. And God changed his heart and moved him around. And today, even now, he works in uh, prison ministries and doing great things for God, hallelujah, amen. That same guy was out bailing hay one day and two twins, the Tarks twins, where's Ruth? Where's Ruth? Is Ruth here? She's not here today. Her two boys were out there and they were throwing hay. Chris Campbell had a migraine headache, the likes of which nobody has ever known. And they were out on this tractor. They stopped the tractor. He said, I just can't go anymore. I can't do it anymore. And so these two twins laid hands on him in the middle of a hay field. Boom! And all of a sudden he was instantly healed by the power of God. Never had another migraine in his life went to his knees and thanked God. I'm telling you, we have a God of the miraculous. And these are not things that are made up, dude. These are things that have happened in the last 40 years of our life. Let me read some more of them to you. There was a man here, Larry Fast, who by the Spirit of God was spoken to to check on his boy when he was about to suffocate in a wagon and God delivered them and kept that child, Adam, alive. Are you listening to me? Don't tell me that God's not alive and well and working. Larry McAlpine, Larry, are you here? He's probably over in the other church. Larry's a construction guy. And the Spirit of God spoke to him. Well, Connie, that's his, her son. He's standing by this chimney and the Spirit of God said, get back, get away. And so he backed up and that chimney collapsed on the third or fourth floor of this building and came down right where he was standing, came down, cleaned house, and took everything out that was where he, where he was just a little bit uh, before. I'm telling you, thank God, he is the God that's more than enough and that he'll keep us and he'll protect us, hallelujah. You know, I remember one time the Spirit of God spoke to me 11.30 at night in my house and said, there's somebody coming who's gonna tell you about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Listen to him. 
I thought there ain't nobody coming to my house at 11 o'clock at night or 11.30. Sure enough, bam, 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 bam. There he was. What's he talking about? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. I got filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. That's the God we serve. And then finally, you know, when Peter showed up on Cornelius' doorstep, the Bible says that while he was preaching, the Spirit of God fell on that group and they began to speak with tongues and glorify God. Now you gotta understand they were Gentiles and they're not supposed to get filled with the Holy Ghost. But how many of you know God's got a better idea? Yeah, glory to God. So this morning, dear friend, I don't know where you're at, but let's, let's, let's surrender to him and to the will of God in our lives. Why? Because he loves us. Because he wants to do great and mighty things in your life, in my life. Can you say amen? And let's respond to him in a way that only we can, praise God. Let's choose the right path. Would you bow your heads with me? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you today. To the best of our ability, we've endeavored, Father, to communicate these things. And Father God, I thank you for the table that Jesus prepared for us. To come in with faith and receive. And so, Father, as we pause for just this brief moment, I thank you, Lord, for speaking to each and every one of our hearts. Let this be a new day. Now, while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, no one's looking around. If you're here and you're a child of God, but you, as I said, essentially you just haven't been really living for him for whatever the reasons, I want to give you an opportunity. I'm not here to embarrass you. I don't, I'm not here to point you out. None of that. What I'm here to do is to afford you an opportunity to make a decision where you don't care what anybody else thinks or says or does or feels or anything. But you're just saying, man, I'm climbing back in the boat and I'm going to get right with God right now. Can I see your hand wherever you're at? Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Okay, a few over there. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Anyone else? Thank you, John. Anybody else? Yep, thank you. Anybody else? Maybe you're here this morning, you've never actually made a decision to receive Christ and follow him. Well, today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. And dear friend, Jesus loves you. He loved you enough to go to a cross and die so that you could really live. So I want to afford you that opportunity. Again, I don't, I don't, you have to stop thinking about what everybody else is going to think. And you just got to say yes to Jesus. So again, while every head's bowed, eyes closed, you're here, you never asked him to come into your heart, be the Lord of your life. But you say, Pastor, I have an interest in your prayer. Can I see your hand wherever you're at? You've never asked him? One, okay. Anybody else? Anyone else? Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Seems like there's somebody else here. You know, how long are you gonna dance? How long are you gonna dance? Isn't it about time to get things turned around, do the right thing, start serving God? Hallelujah. You know, your arrogance will not get you far in heaven. Matter of fact, it won't get you any place. Anywhere, anyone. So I look across the crowd. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Father. Church, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'd like for you to pray this prayer after me out loud. Those of you that raised your hands, whether it is to return to the Lord or to be saved, hallelujah. I want you to pray this prayer out loud, loud enough for you to hear yourself pray it. And you let your heart agree with it. And Jesus will come right where you are and he will do business with you. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today without reservation and I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Make, I make you the Lord of my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to live as you would have me to. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now, for those of you that prayed that prayer, a little later I'm going to give you an invitation. We've got some counselors that will be over here in a bit.
and they've got some material. If, you, if this is your first decision for making Christ or receiving Christ, they got, we got some material we want to put in your hand. If you're coming back to God and you like for prayer, you like prayer and, 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 and somebody to pray with you, they'll be there and they'll help you with that in just a moment. Now, let's talk about the rest of you. Because I believe that God wants to supernaturally make some changes and adjustments in people's heart. I don't know what it is. You know, I talked about attitudes. I talked about maybe just, you know, yielding your flesh. Maybe it's unforgiveness. I don't know. But I want this to be a defining moment in your life today where you drive a stake in the ground on the sixth day of November and you said, this, this is it. There will be no more of this. And God, I ask your help. That's, that's what this prayer is for, okay? So I want you just to bow your heads with me. Wherever your, your area of need is, like I said, it might be that you need healing in your body. Well, I want you just praise God to take hold of that and receive it when we pray and say, Lord, I receive what you provided for me. And I thank you, Father, for touching my heart, touching my mind, touching my body, and effect a healing and a cure in it, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me, church. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, again without reservation. I give you all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. Help me, Lord, as I make my decision before you today to deal with these matters that are in my life. And I declare that it will be different from this day forward. There will be no more of what's been in my life ever again in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for your power to help me to do your will in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Praise God. Before we participate in uh, communion, if you, and again, I'm not here to embarrass you, but I feel prompted, so that's just what I'm going to do. If you need healing in your body, would you just stand wherever you're at? You don't have to come down here. Just stand. Okay? You need healing in your body. Okay? All right. Good. All right. This is what I want to have happen here. See, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. How many believers do we have here today? You're a believer. And the Bible says, they shall, they, the believers shall lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So you're standing right now, and those that are seated, I want you to just turn around, see if you can find somebody close to you, okay? Then I'm gonna invite you to go and just stand beside them. You don't have to put your hand on them, just stand beside them here. We're gonna do this together. Hallelujah. Anybody that's got a need, just just, uh, stand beside them. Don't put your hands on them right now, but just get there, okay? Now, is there anyone here, you don't have anybody standing by you. Can you, you, you stood up, but nobody's there. Anybody at all? All right. I'm gonna pray a general prayer, and then I, when I finish that prayer, I'm gonna invite you to just lay your hands on these people and pray for them. And say, Father God, I want to thank you for healing their bodies. I tell you what, God's going to do some stuff here. You ready? All right. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, out of obedience to that which he declared that we should do, Father, we come together as a congregation of people for other family members that are in need of healing here today. And Lord, I'm asking you by your spirit and power to effect a healing and a cure as we lay hands on them and pray. And Father God, I wanna thank you for the power of God to drive out every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every ailment that is represented within their lives, Father. And I thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Lay your hands on them and begin to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your mighty power right now in the name of Jesus flowing through each and every one, every one that is in need. Father, I thank you for your grace. Yes, to abound toward them. 
And Father God, I thank you for the power of God residing within them as a residual, Father God. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord. For your Yes, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Yes, your power, your power, your power, your power, your power, your power, your power. Yes, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. We rejoice, glory to God. Now let's all just lift our hand toward heaven and let's thank God for their healing. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Those of you that were prayed for, lift up your hands. Hallelujah, and thank God for your healing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for effecting a healing and cure within their bodies. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. All right, you can all uh, uh, go back to your seats. Thank you, Jesus. And if you would please with me, go ahead and open up your uh, communion elements. And we're going to pray. <laughs> Father, we're so thankful for your having visited us here today. Lord, decisions, defining moments, changes that have taken place within the hearts and lives of your people. And as we come to this table, Father God, we know that none of this would have been possible were it not for the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. He was willing to give his life, Father, when we were yet in our sin. And yet today, Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the body that was broken in our behalf so that we could lay hands on each and every one of these people and see them healed in Jesus' name. So we thank you, Father, for your grace. We thank you for your blessing, your mercy that abounds in Jesus' name. You may partake of the bread. And together today, Father, we hold a cup in our hand that represents the blood of Jesus. The scarlet thread, Father, that which was poured out for each and every one of us so that by it we could be healed, but not only that, forgiven and cleansed. So we thank you, Father God, for the victory and everything that's represented in this cup, all because of his blood. In Jesus' name, amen. You may partake. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came today. Amen. Glory to God. Next week, of course, we'll have our midweek service. but <clears throat> And then Sunday through Tuesday of the following week will be our Faith Life Conference. So make sure that you get in and be a part of that. Amen.